0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Oh, because like, when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of mess. So.
4: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day.
3: Hello and welcome to episode number 995 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, July the 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show. At Locked On Raptors, we can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure to check out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're gonna to want to check out the Locked On NBA channel today, as of course the draft was last night, and you should absolutely be checking in on all of the news and notes and everything that went down across the league trades. Not so many trades, actually kind of a a boring night for trades, but lots of interesting picks, including the pick made by your Toronto Raptors, which is what we are talking about on today's show. Mostly we'll touch on the second round picks at the end, although I really don't have a lot of opinions on second round picks on a good day. And these guys were kind of off the board for me. So that's fine. We do have, however, the newest Toronto Raptor, at least the newest uh, first round pick of the Toronto Raptors, Scotty Barnes, to talk about. He was taken by the Raptors in a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, it had been talked about and rumored and reported and floated. There was a report earlier on Thursday that the Raptors had basically honed in on Jalen Suggs from Michael Grange. Obviously, not the case. Scotty Barnes is the pick for the Raptors at number four six foot nine he is a ball handling forward slash guard kind of He played point guard a lot for Florida State um, average 10 four and four he's a very good defender very good passer not much in terms of offensive utility at the moment uh, but we'll dig into all of the ramifications of the Barnes pick with our guest today who, of course, is a wonderful member of the Dishes and Dimes podcast, writes for Yahoo Sports, Toronto Star, Basketball News, a whole bunch of different spots. It is Yasmin Dewala, Yasmin, how's it going? Hey,
4: Sean, how are you?
3: Oh, you know, just recording at 1.46 uh, Atlantic time in the morning on Friday night, a little sleepy, but doing okay. Um, You know, the draft was fun. It's always exciting. And the Raptors were big players in it this time around with three picks. Again, we'll get to the Delano Banton and David Johnson picks at the very end, but this is mostly going to be about Scotty Barnes, which was a bit of a surprise when the pick came down, despite all the reporting in the media uh, sort of pushing Barnes up the draft boards you know in the back part of the draft process still really felt like Jalen Suggs was the move there I thought it was the pick I thought it was the easy sort of you slot him in and he can play for you right away type of thing and it's just easy and simple but the Raptors they they laugh in the face of easy and simple and they went with (laughs) Scotty Barnes um Yasmin overall takeaway from the pick what was your instant reaction when the pick went down
4: Uh, I was shocked. I was not expecting that. Like, I think I'm mentally prepared for Suggs. So when I heard Scotty Barnes, like, my brain wasn't registering it. Um, (laughs) It, like, took a moment to sink in. But, um, you know, ultimately it took me like a good 15 minutes, but I think I talked myself into Scotty Barnes as a Toronto Raptor. <laughs> like, I think I'm a hundred percent sold on it. Like I, I even like kind of scoff at that thought that Jalen Suggs would have been a Raptor. Now. <laughs> like, i oh, all the in, draft like. does
3: wonderful things to us. It's great. Yeah.
4: Like I am. Yeah. It's like, it's like worse than being a Homer. Like I'm just completely deranged, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I just wrote a piece on it, um, I think the end of June, about um, how, you know, when the draft comes near, we kind of debate, like, best fit versus best player available and all that. Um, sure. And I think this was a really good case of it, because um, with best fit, it's usually, like, the most linear choice on the board. Like, Suggs just made sense, because we're likely losing Kyle Lowry um, this offseason. season. Um, It just made sense to get, you know, a star guard um, from college into the Raptor system, someone who can just kind of fill in that spot as a two way kind of talent. So um, it just made sense. But um, when you look at all of these intangibles that Barnes does have, like he is an amazing defender. He is ridiculously versatile. He is 6'9", 7'3", wingspan, um, can defend one through five. He's a great uh, passer. Um, People always point that uh, point out his skill as a passer. Mm -hmm. You consider all of these things. um, I I kind of understand why they took the risk and thought, you know, um, yeah, he may not be as linear of a fit as Suggs, but I feel like the talent discrepancy between them two isn't like huge enough for me to get upset.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. Look, I don't think it's the pick they should have made. And that's me talking on, you know, July 30th, early in the morning, like it very well could be that five years from now you look back and say, wow, what a dum dumb." Clearly that was the pick and Jalen Suggs went to the magic and did what most prospects in the magic do and, you know, get traded in three years. <laughs> and it's, it's just not even a conversation. I, I do think though, you know, there, there are reasons to be, you know, upset with the pick not upset necessarily but I think there are reasons to say like I think they may have gone the wrong way here and I think you know the reasons that I kind of laid out I still believe them I I, you know as much as fit is you know maybe not the thing you draft for when you're picking up high and you just want to get the best player available I also kind of thought like Jalen Suggs might be the best player available too like I think Mm -hmm. the fact that the Raptors as you mentioned, are going to lose Kyle Lowry in all likelihood in the offseason, it seems. And it would be sort of an easy passing of the baton, the fit, the sort of narrative of it all makes sense. Like that also sort of undercuts the fact that, you know, as a fit on the team, a team that doesn't have a lot of half-court creation, a team that doesn't have a ton of ball handling, frankly, especially if Kyle Lowry is going to leave, and a team that always values two-way players, which Jalen Suggs very much is, and he gets just as many plaudits even more for his defense than he does for his offense, It just felt like a really snug fit and also a combination of fit. And this guy just kind of is very good at basketball and could be a contributor from day one next season. And I just don't think that's going to be the case with Scotty Barnes. And so it's just a different kind of, view of the team that I'm going to have now going forward. And I'm sort of curious, like what the vision is here. Now the vision was quite simple. If you were just going to take Jalen Suggs and I kind of laid it out. And I think lots of people have laid it out. You take Suggs, you sign a center, you're a competitive, good playoff team right away with next season with a very young blue chip prospect to potentially grow into something more. You, you know, you continue on with the development of OG and Pascal and it's like, okay, this is something you're cooking with here. It's a pretty good way to transition out of the Larry era. Now I'm just a little bit, More unsure of what the direction is, because there is still the question of who's going to score for this team and how do they create in the half court? And is this going to mean Gary Trent Jr. is starting for this team? And do they buy him as a starter? And that that's kind of terrifying, considering some of the flaws we saw in his game down the stretch of the season, as many good things as there were all the good things kind of said, Oh, this guy can score great. And maybe he comes off the bench and hits some threes and is a nice little bench piece who can close games when he's on a heater. But are you comfortable with going into the season with him starting next to Fred Van Vliet? I think that's an entirely different question. You know, so it's not even necessarily like a disappointment thing. It's just like uh, my brain is being thrown off because it was such an easy puzzle to put together. It was like a 50 piece jigsaw, like cut out for children to put together when you took Suggs. And now it's a bit more of like an artistic landscape with a thousand pieces. You got to kind of figure out. And look, there are more sort of, you could do a lot worse than for the pieces to in large part, be six foot nine dudes who play good defense and can handle the ball. Like that's pretty good to to start with. And I'm really fascinated by some of the combinations you could roll out, And, you know, the, the Barnes and an OBC Occam, whether they're playing the two, three, four, the three, four, five, whatever it is, the one, two, three, who cares? Like it very much is like future basketball in a lot of ways. And we've heard the Raptors talk about how they want to be ahead of the curve and not necessarily playing catch up and kind of setting the trends maybe this is how you set the trend. You just make the whole plane out of six foot nine dudes. Um, You know, do you kind of as much as you've talked yourself into Barnes and by the way, I've talked myself into Barnes from a vibes perspective, for sure. The dude seems awesome. Um, But in terms of the on court stuff, do you kind of understand where I'm coming from when it, when it comes to the sort of quibbles and the concern about where the direction of the team is going from here?
4: Yeah. No, I understand what you mean. Um, but my thing with Suggs is that um one of the one of the critiques that was uh against him as a guard was that his half-court creation wasn't too special like um we you know he has a lot of those highlight moments but when it comes to like the um when you put all of his skills on the table it doesn't really stand out as one of his you know more formidable uh skill sets but um With uh, Barnes, you do have his skill as like a short roll passer, as um, Robel mentioned earlier. Um, Yeah. So he does bring that kind of uh, dimension onto the court as a big man. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I feel like I was overcomplicating it because uh, when I (laughs) initially heard about people saying, oh, the Raptors are going to get Barnes, which was like kind of uh, cropping up the last couple of weeks, I'd say. Um, I thought, you know, OK, this means that there's some sort of going to be some sort of like seismic move within the team and um, people are going to be moved and the team is going to look a lot different. But honestly, like I think it's just Masai trying to um, accumulate as many like, you know, versatile forwards as he can, um, sure. because that seems kind of to be what the Eastern Conference is trending towards. Like you have these teams that ha- can throw out, you know, multiple sizable um multiple sizable uh, forwards that can score. And, you know, you look at the Celtics, you look at how the Raptors struggled um, with uh, not being able to field lineups that um, did not have, you know, two point guards um, that were on the smaller side in the backcourt. Or, um, you know, OG and Siakam can only defend so many positions when you have guys as talented as... Uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown are able to come off screens and you know do so much to um, comprom- compromise defenses so you know it's not such a bad um, tactic to just kind of reinforce your um, your uh, collection of defensive wings um, you know mm-hmm. and when you also look at um, a team uh, like the Brooklyn Nets like um we don't even know what the Sixers are going to look like, honestly. It just seems like the yeah. safest bet. <laughs> uh, it, it just seems like the f- safest bet. And um, when I look at Barnes' potential upside, um, it, 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 the shooting thing just seems kind of like a drop in the bucket when you think about it. Like, how often are you going to find um, a 19-year-old 6'9 forward who is um, able to defend 1 through 5 who is – a talented passer. Uh, and yeah, his shot is sort of broken. Like, you know, whose wasn't on the Raptors? Don't tell Nick Nurse that. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you look at, um, you know, the, the fact that OG wasn't really much of a shooter, that Pascal wasn't much of a shooter, that Kyle wasn't sure. much of a shooter. Um, I feel like betting on these other skills that he does have that are even more difficult to teach might be... Yeah not so bad of a of a bet and you know um it's definitely a risk like taking this (laughs) taking the safest choice would have been Suggs absolutely he's the more polished player I feel like he's probably would have he probably would have been more impactful immediately uh Mm -hmm. just to get Suggs um he probably would be scoring immediately would probably be able to give you like a 16 points per game sort of thing Sugg uh with Barnes um He's not going to be an immediately impactful scorer. Um, Nurse said it's going to be full of ups and downs. Um, yeah. You know, w- with his journey on this team in the beginning, so um, I'm not going to expect too much from him as a uh, rookie. Um, positionally, it does take longer for small forwards who are kind of expected to do it all to to develop. It does take a few years, but um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they kind of integrate him uh, into the fold. Like I don't, I don't think it's as bad of a Um, You know, people are bringing up the half the half court situation. I don't think it's going to be uh, a detriment to the half court offense. Um, If anything, it's going to remain the same or even get a little better with his ability as a passer with his IQ. So um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm interested to see how it pans out. It's not it's not as bad (laughs) as I thought it would be when I looked into (laughs) it a little more. But right um, yeah, like I, it's definitely not something that's setting the team back or anything. If anything, like they either remain the same or they get better, honestly.
3: Yeah, I mean, it is very much like the fear of plunging into the unknown, right? A- yeah. And it's not the safe, comfortable like dude, you know, is going to be like a winning player in Jalen Suggs and You know, I have some thoughts on the development arc and stuff like that with Barnes, and I want to get to that in one second here. Just before we do that, though, I just want to pass along a quick reminder that if you're a baseball fan, if you're a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays, for example, there's a great uh, locked on live MLB deadline show going on 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time hosted by a bunch of the hosts on the locked on MLB channel. You should absolutely watch that on Friday on the Locked on MLB YouTube page. And if you watched our Locked on NBA draft show tonight, uh, I'm telling you, we we know this live stream thing pretty well at this point. We do a pretty good job. So go and subscribe to the Locked on MLB YouTube page to get a look at the very, very good uh, MLB deadline show going on on Friday afternoon.
0: in these alternate sports realities dynasties will fall legacies will change forever new goats will emerge follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcast you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining wondery plus
3: all right Yasmin. uh so wanted to pick up on that thread sort of on the development arc with barnes and i agree with you i think you know, I think I made this point on Thursday's podcast or what days I have no idea. I made it on the point on a podcast this week that, you know the reason I was so in on Suggs is that it felt like he was kind of a sure thing to be really good. And, and you know what is really good, you know, it kind of ranges. I guess some of the outcomes were like, oh, he's Drew Holiday. He's never going to be like the number one guy who who you have out there, but he's pretty good and offers amazing defense, and he's a valuable guy to have on a very good team. And you take Drew Holiday ten times out of ten if you can get him. Um, you know, he there were some Brandon Roy com- you know comparisons. Chauncey Billups, who I guess we don't have to talk about because screw Chauncey Billups, but um, you know. That There were lots of those types of comps, very safe, very good, very sort of cromulent players. But there was the point that I made that about how Barnes, like his 100th percent outcome is probably much higher than Jalen Suggs just because he's six foot nine and can already pass and has all this stuff. And if he can develop into a guy who can create shots for himself in addition to others then that becomes a player that you really build around in a way that maybe just like a really steady winning point guard who's your second or third best player in an ideal situation is not. And so, yeah, I get the reasoning there. And the Raptors are always going to go for the guy who's going to be the best down the line. I guess I got stuck in the trap of thinking, well, like sort of within the the context of the window, I guess, where you have Pascal and Fred Van Vliet and OG signed on for the next three years. And then who knows what the hell happens after that maybe that was the mistake of just thinking the Raptors were going to bound themselves to this timeline and they're willing to take the time to teach Scotty Barnes. And look, I think it's going to take a while with Scotty Barnes. I don't think you're looking at year one and he's out there hitting 40% from three and and hitting corner threes and anything on the pull-up game or anything like that. And I think it is maybe a little bit reductive to just say he just has to learn how to shoot. Like, I, I think if you're taking him at number four, he's not just, in your mind becoming a catch and shoot 3 point shooter from the corners or sometimes above the break like if you're taking him at 4 you're thinking we can turn this guy into a guy who can create shots everywhere he can who can take mid range he can pull up he can get to the basket and the critique of Barnes is that, you know, when you look for scorers, hey, who's a three level score? That's what you want. He's kind of a zero level scorer right now. Like in transition, he's awesome. And boy, we can talk about how awesome they're going to be in transition once again, because it's going to be truly disgusting when you have all those guys on the floor at the same time. But in the half court, yeah, like there's just not much there in terms of finding his own shot. You know he's long, he's tall, there's a chance that he just has the physical dimensions to get there, but it's going to take some time. And I don't think it's just a matter of you know teaching him how to shoot a corner three. It's gonna be a more sort of all-encompassing thing, and it's probably gonna be one of these incremental things where you know you don't really realize it, but hey, your four or five comes around and like, oh, now he's kind of doing this stuff. And I guess that kind of long-term outlook was what scared me off because it does feel like there's a window here. But maybe viewing it in the terms of the Raptors having a window is not the right way to do it. And maybe there's a different plan than sort of the ideal easy thing of, oh, you just stay good and stay relevant. And you could just kind of keep this group together and see what you can pivot into at some point. And it's not like they lose any maneuverability here. They can still make any deals and sort of offer up anyone to potentially, you know, go chase a star somewhere. They have the easily movable contracts. There's plenty of good players on the roster. Scotty Barnes could eventually be one of those, you know, trade chips down the line too, I suppose. But what are your th- sort of thoughts on the idea of the timeline? Yeah. Has been and the sort of ticking clocks on those guys and their second contracts and how Barnes fits into it all.
4: Whenever I think about um, future scenarios, Um, I just, you know, kind of (laughs) spiral when it comes to the team. Uh, I don't... Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I I don't... When it comes to the uh, future of the team, when I think about it too hard, I kind of spiral um, because the possibilities (laughs) are just like too... There's just like a multitude of uh, possibilities with what they can do, what avenues they can take. Um, Sure. the The guys might be on the older side, but, you know, they're not like aging out or anything. Like, they're still um in the thick of their primes um yeah you know so uh with the um you know with the raptors selecting barnes like i i it kind of makes sense that uh, when we were hearing rumors about how they were taking an extra long look at him um apparently they did make him do um quite a number of uh shooting drills and whatnot um sure. during the workout so Um, it it would be interesting if they saw something that had more of a, um, of a, uh, foundation to build off of, uh, Mm -hmm. in regards to that. So, um, I, I really, I can't wait for Summerlee because I want to see this guy on a court, you know, against (laughs) other, um, NBA players. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, but with the outlook of the team, um, I think that it's totally possible to integrate a young talent into a more established roster. If anything, it just, it provides him with more of a, of a cushion and more of a, um, more mentorship to grow uh, just surrounding him. So, you know, when we think of young prospects, we want young teams to surround them, but oftentimes it just takes even longer (laughs) to um, see them round out as the players they're going to be. Um, You know, so uh, I would love for them to take like what the, you know, the um, approach that was taken with like a Jason Tatum where he was kind of um, put into the fold and immediately dealing with uh, playoff situations and whatnot. Like that, that can be yeah. such a good thing for uh, the development of someone that you want to be this um, hardened uh a jack-of-all-trades, like someone who's able to do it all, like you need to put them in stressful situations, so um, expecting a lot from him is not um, I, I think that it it should be what is um, done, like I know that the I know that the Raptors uh, development staff in particular are going to take into account that he is like the number one pick as you know, uh, the number four pick as you noted, so, yeah. um, you know, considering what they did with um, someone like Pascal Siakam, who was um, on the latter part of the, um, first round, um, they, they (laughs) threw him out into the fire regardless. So, um, you know, they're going to have expectations for him and, um, you know, they, they clearly, (laughs) clearly think that that he can deliver.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And look, I feel like I sound too down on the pick almost. I'm not that I'm not that down on it. I like, I think there's lots of reasons why it's a, it's, the correct pick and you could talk yourself into it being, you know, the right move here for the team. You know, I think the fact that he just kind of seems like a dude who's going to give a shit about the development side of things like that. Obviously I don't think the Raptors take him if they don't think they can mold him as you kind of alluded to, like they take him with the utmost confidence because they know what a risk it is. They know, what a lottery ticket they won moving up to number four and how it looks to take the fifth guy in a four player draft as it were, as it was kind of build as, as all along, like they're clearly betting on themselves. And I mean, if there's a development staff to bet on it's the Raptors yeah. and it's a real benefit of the doubt thing, right? Like I don't see it yet, but I'm also far less intelligent at prospect evaluation than the Raptors front offices. And I could totally see this panning out very, very well. I mean, the things that he does well, like if you are sort of on the fence, and this is what I did, I just looked up Scotty Barnes assists on uh, YouTube. Just go watch that. It's delightful. He just uh, (laughs) is a very cool passer. You don't get that a lot from guys who are six foot nine. Also, watching him in transition is an absolute delight. I think it's going to be, even from day one, I mean, you kind of pencil in guys to maybe not be great defenders from day one. He feels like maybe one of those guys, kind of like OG was, frankly, in his rookie season, where from day one, it will just be like, oh yeah, he's uh, like a very clear plus defender. And then you work in sort of, really creative lineups, you know, you could do a Fred plus Trent plus Barnes plus OG plus Siakam fivesome. And like, you got a little bit of shooting in there. You've got some interesting creation from the forward (laughs) positions more so than the guard positions. It's kind of like this inverted weirdo basketball. Yeah, Like I'm very excited for the different sort of iterations we're going to see because Barnes is a very weird player who, and that's like in a good thing, like that's a good weird who fits with the Raptors, other similarly weird players in a very interesting way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I wouldn't think of this in the terms of like sort of, you know, your traditional. And this is, again, the sort of thing I painted myself into thinking, oh, well, Jalen Suggs, he's a guard. He will be the two guard and he will fit nicely as the two guard next to the point guard and in between the small forward. Maybe you just throw all those notions out and just say, all right, let's see how weird this can get. And what the hell can you do, Scotty Barnes? Let's see, just like absolutely like peak bizarro basketball. And that for me is you know, what I'm using as the way to get excited about the pick because, you know, I have my reservations about the offense and whether it's going to come along. And I don't think that's just me saying that, that's kind of me going off of people who are smart, who have sort of shared yeah. their thoughts on him as well. And I take the sort of smart people's opinions on draft guys who do this work every single day and it's their entire lives very seriously. <laughs> and, I, and I take it all to heart, but I also see totally why you would just bank on the Raptors development staff, figuring it out and looking at a guy who, does a lot of things like you said earlier on that are difficult to teach very well. And they've had a track record of saying, well, shooting. Yeah, that's the thing we can figure out. Again, I think it's more complex than just shooting, but there's a lot there with Scotty Barnes to not be down on the pick as I kind of have seen for the first 20 minutes of this podcast. Um, yeah, I as- and- as- we're going to continue on, uh, sorry, you, go ahead. What do you got?
0: Yeah. I, I was
4: just going to say like, um, I, you mentioned like a the bizarre lineups they can throw out there. I think it's really interesting <laughs> that we haven't seen um, uh, a rush to acquire any sort of center as well.
1: Um, yeah. You know,
4: it tells me they're really might be all in on this, you know, small ball thing. And you might, they might, you know, field lineups of uh, uh, like three forwards and have Kemp Birch come off the bench or something. Like, I think it can sure. get really weird. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
3: which is good. And like, you know, we have no idea what they're going to do with their cap space. If Larry leaves as well, I mean, they could go throw their money at John Collins and just triple down on having everyone be six foot nine, just like start Delano Banton and then play Barnes Og Siakam, Collins or something like that. Just yeah. play uniform basketball. It's um, I think that's another thing about this. That's kind of exciting is it felt like the future would be sort of Predictable with Jalen Suggs, right? Like, oh, you take Suggs, he develops eventually into your number one lead guard, and everything's kind of happy from there. And you go and sign a center with your cap space. And now there's kind of all these different weird possibilities. I mean, there's Lonzo Ball rumors floating around. I guess the Raptors just never want to score and only want to throw cool, cool passes at all times. I guess is that like the dream with Lonzo Ball? But like, there are. Lots of different sort of avenues they can go down and we can get to that stuff in just one second here to wrap up. But first, I want to tell you everybody, about our friends over at built bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. I don't have any built bars with me in my hotel room in uh, Nova Scotia, but I wish I brought some because I was hungry tonight because things were closed and I was stuck in the hotel room doing draft coverage. And boy, could I have used a built bar to get me through They, of course, have nine great flavors in their traditional lineup. You can get a mixed box and get two of each of the nine flavors and choose your favorites. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to just 180, just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. All great flavors, all tasty, all healthy for you. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
2: No matter what moves you made last year, All right,
3: Yasmin, just uh, a couple quick things. We'll hit on the sort of free agency path. We'll dive into more of that next week, although this will be the last podcast until free agency is open, so we can hit on that. Uh, And then we'll quickly just mention the second round guys who, you know, hard to have really strong takes there. But in terms of the free agency sort of pathways now, you know the center thing is still very much on the table it seems like Jared Allen is is a guy they've targeted and Rashawn Holmes you know a couple teams in the draft maybe kind of took themselves out of the Rashawn Holmes running it seems like maybe the the Hornets for example when they took Kai Jones I'm curious, Yasmin, sort of after the draft has now gone on, looking ahead at free agency, we can work Kyle into this as well. What's your sort of dream outlook for the Raptors as they head into free agency? What should be their sort of path here? And is it just get all the six foot nine guys who can't shoot who are available?
4: Uh, my ideal scenario would be Larry staying for like five million dollars, but that's not going to happen. So. <laughs> <laughs> um I know that it's like unrealistic that he stays like that 25 to $30 million. I don't think it's just something that they can um, commit to, especially with the outlook of the team uh, moving forward. Like we were just talking about how um, guys like uh, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam, like they would be on the older side of an otherwise young roster. Um, it would be even more Drastic with Kalo. So um, I know that he would like the Raptors may not be in a win now scenario. Go heading into next season. They might, uh, you know, with the, with teams like the bucks and the um, Nets and the Sixers probably perhaps after whatever trade they do with Simmons, um, the window may not be right now. And if it is um, Kyle, along with a uh, rookie on the team, um, I, I think he would be much better suited um into a um maybe third or fourth option role rather than a first option sure. role uh, sure. and it perhaps it's probably what he'd like to do at this point in his career because uh, you know he'd be heading into age 36 um in the upcoming season so yeah. um, i think it ultimately it just depends on what he would like uh and the role that he wants to occupy, does he want to be the number one or two scorer on a um, second round team? Does he want to be um, the fourth option or the third option on a championship caliber team? Like, uh, I think it just depends on what he wants. Perhaps he likes the role of just playing mentor and helping these guys develop develop because it does, um, you know, it's been great for his legacy. Like we can't act like that role has not had its own return for him um mm-hmm. but you know it it, it it just comes down to what Kyle wants and as for the raptors um i could see them getting um uh, get trading perhaps chris boucher for um maybe some more uh guard depth with larry going away or um mm-hmm. maybe uh for a cheaper option at center for a uh Third option center, so I, th- I think that's something they could do. I'm really interested to see what they end up doing with Gary Trent Jr.'s contract and what he ends up commanding right. uh, for his payday. So um, it, there's there's a lot of uh, pieces that need to fall um, this off season. So. Um, it, even though I don't think they're go- there are going to be giant trades to the core pieces, um, there are some guys on the periphery who um, could end up really changing the complexion of the team heading into next season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really fascinating.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, if I'm just like sliding my probability bar, I'd say the Barnes pick makes it like a. Whisper more likely Larry stays like maybe there there's, you know, that like, Oh, we didn't take a guard because we know Kyle's coming back. I don't know. That's maybe just looking way too much into it also. Um, but like, that's a small possibility. I suppose. I would still say like, go nuts, try to find a center, go find John Collins. I'm very in on John Collins and Jared Allen. I'm happy to throw cap space at, at them. If Kyle Larry's walking, yeah. I don't get the Lonzo ball rumors. I don't see why they would really want to do that. And I guess the other thing, too, is like, can you find someone who can be a shot creator in the half court? That's a really difficult thing to come by and it doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, you don't want to just get someone who only scores and does nothing else. You don't want Lou Williams on your team. But I wonder if there's something like that out there that they could potentially go and, you know, either trade for or or whatnot. You know, it's. Again, I think the Barnes pick kind of puts a little bit more into question what the front office's view of the next couple of years is going to be. And so that kind of changes and recalibrates what I'm expecting going into free agency. And at this point I'm expecting uh, nothing. I have no idea what to expect. And I think that's kind of fun. It's nice to not have it all be preordained. Um, Let's just wrap up quickly here. Yasmin, the Raptors take uh, Nebraska guard Delano Banton with the 46th pick six foot nine Uh, can't really shoot 24% from three, but a fun defender. Uh, lead ball handler for that nebraska team seems like a good dude as well and the first canadian ever drafted by the raptors in the first round and then uh, bobby webster in his uh presser tonight said shout out to rexdale when talking about banton so that's fun uh yeah. and then the 47th pick is david johnson a six four six five guard at a louisville um was the th- number 38 on kevin o'connor's big board and uh, our friend robel who we've mentioned before uh, you know, he said that, you know, there was better guys maybe at that spot because some guys slipped Sharif Cooper was the one everybody seemed to want. It kind of maybe seems like he just said, don't draft me and wanted to go to Atlanta, which he did one pick after the Raptors. Um, you know, it is what it is with Sharif Cooper also couldn't shoot and maybe doesn't answer your questions. So I don't I Don't think you lose sleep over that one. Um, but David Johnson was a guy that Robel did think was a first round talent, which is nice because um, I trust Robel quite a bit when he's talking about guys. Um, so, yeah, you've got. Benton Johnson, I don't know if there's a ton of an opinion to have here. Yasmin, do you have one, or are you just kind of happy to see the Raptors replenish that sort of nine Oh five factory a little bit with a couple guys who you take a look at also Blake Murphy reporting, as we record Justin Champagney, who I don't know who that is, but I like that last name is being <laughs> signed, uh, I believe to a two way or a, uh, he's coming in as a. Uh, blah, blah, blah Where's Blake's tweets? It's very late. Uh, two way contract. So yeah, that's nice too. Um, nine oh five is replying Yeah, any opinions on the second round stuff before we get out of here?
4: Yeah. Um, I feel like their second round picks they tend to knock out of the park. Although I I will say the last couple have been kind of bad luck. So. I'm
3: yeah, I mean Hernandez easy. was injured and Jalen Harris got drug tested when we shouldn't be drug testing in 2021. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, I I just hope that um, these guys could play, and um, this you know uh, second round slash undrafted curse does not continue for the Raptors because they tend to knock those picks at picks out of the park. They've been incredibly talented um, during the last couple of rounds, so um, I hope that uh, that's it's it, it, they stay intact <laughs> and that they're able yeah, to yeah. play. Um, uh, as for um, The other guys to replenish in the roster. I'm I'm interested to see if they make any um, undrafted acquisitions. Um, But as for um, the second round guys, uh, what were the positions you mentioned?
3: Yeah, I mean, Banton's like a six foot nine point guard, Uh, so basically Scotty Barnes, uh, (laughs) and then again, Vision six foot nine and no shooting, baby. It's uh, it's on its way. And then David (laughs) Johnson, a bunch
0: uh, of guys, yeah
3: yeah so i don't know it's um it's hard to have an opinion on second round guys it's more likely than not they won't really be meaningful contributors but i think the big thing is that the 905 gets a couple extra development projects and maybe you see one of them hit or something like that if you're lucky and you go from there and you know i think the 905 season being more normal this season as well will be helpful because it was very bizarre and short last year and wasn't really a good developmental tool at all um jasmine it it is what's that sorry
4: Just give them someone to work with. That's all I'm asking.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, Yasmin, it is 2.20 a.m. in Nova Scotia. It is the end (laughs) of the podcast. Uh, This has been wonderful. Where can people check out all of your excellent work, Yasmin?
4: Um, I have a piece coming out uh, probably tomorrow um, on Scotty Barnes and um, the selection and how He's probably going to factor into the Raptors next season and how I I think it's a good decision. You know, I'm I'm kind of all mm-hmm. in. When I said I'm all in, I'm all in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we believe you. Um, yeah, I less all in. I'm sort of one foot touching the the water <laughs> thinking, oh, that's kind of nice. Maybe I can yeah, dive on in here. I'm making my <laughs> way into the pool. But um, you know, again, the vibes from Scotty Barnes are extremely good. If your opinions are like, Super strong on it all. I mean, just remember that everyone is wrong about the draft all the time. It's just such an inexact science. I one time screamed at my television when the Raptors took Jonas Valanciunas ahead of Brandon Knight uh, and got very angry about it. It just it's never worth all of the uh, upheaval and anger on draft night because we're probably all wrong in some degree to some degree about all of this so um, yeah as been thanks so much for being here. listeners thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, I'll be away until Tuesday and we'll have some free agency reaction because oh my God free agency is only a couple of days away until then I'm unplugging the hell uh, out of all of my devices and I'm online as I enjoy. The lovely East Coast. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for listening in the lead up to the draft. Hope you enjoy this episode and enjoy episodes to come. Uh, go back and listen as well to the episode we did on Scotty Barnes with uh, Drake Silva from Locked On Seminoles a couple of weeks back. Go and check that out. And uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye bye.